This week's parsha is Parshas Vayakel. The Torah tells us in Parak Lamed Hey Pasuk Chafes Vayavayu Ha'anoshim Al Hanoshim. The men came Al Hanoshim. Kol Nediv Leiv Heviu Chach Vanezem Mitabas Vechumaz Kol Klizav. And it's saying about how all of the jewelry that was donated to the building of the Mishkan and all the, the needs that the Mishkan had were supplied by the men, Al-Hanoshim, the men and the women. But he is the Fadi Lashim to say, it should have said, that the men and their wives came together to contribute all the jewelry. But it doesn't say that. It says the Lashim of Al-Hanoshim and Rashi says in the Targum, Yenis and Menuziel, teaches it that sometimes when it says Lashon Al, it means Im. Sometimes the Torah will interchange the word Al and Im. So what it means to say is that the men and the women came together. Vayavayu Hanoshim, Al Hanoshim means Vayavayu Hanoshim, Im Hanoshim. The husbands and wives came together to contribute the jewelry that they owned. Ramesha Feinstein points out that the Targum Unculus teaches it differently. Targum Unculus, and if you see, if you are able to compare and contrast the Lushan, the Aramaic of Targum Unculus with the Targum Yenison, Benazil, you'll notice this, but you need to be Ramesha Feinstein to hop the nuance of that difference. The Targum Unculus, in the way he teaches the Pasuk, says, that it doesn't mean that the men came with their wives, but it means that the men came and the jewelry was on their wives. On the women were the nose rings and the earrings and the rings and all of the, the necklaces, whatever was contributed by the women, they actually came wearing all of that jewelry. They weren't carrying it in their pocketbooks or in their pockets or in their hands. They were wearing all the jewelry and when they came to Meshra Abenu, they actually took off the jewelry from their bodies and they put it into the contribution plate of the Mishkan. So Meshra says, why is this necessary? What is the Pasuk teaching us? What's the Chiddush that the Torah has come to tell you by saying, Al-Hanoshim, that the jewelry was on them and they wore it until the point of removing it to contribute it to the Mishkan. So Ramesha says a beautiful pshat. He says, if you want to look it up, it's in a safer call rum. He says as follows. And you'll see this when you get married in Mitzvah Hashem. Those of you who are not married, you'll see that this is very true. You buy your wife jewelry. And over the years, from when you were engaged, let's say, all the way till your 25th anniversary, your 50th anniversary, Mitzvah Hashem, you'll buy your wife many, many pieces of jewelry, sometimes a ring, sometimes a necklace, earrings. And over the years, women have in their jewelry box a lot of jewelry that they don't wear anymore. It's out of style. Now it's no longer yellow gold that's in. It's white gold that's in. Uh, it, it got outdated for some reason. It's scratched. It's nicked. It's not, it's not fresh. It's not what people are wearing. 
people aren't wearing uh, brooches anymore, people aren't wearing this type of necklace anymore. So basically, they have a large collection of unusable jewelry or, or unworn jewelry. And then there's the things that are current. They got a new watch, they got a new necklace, they got new earrings. And those are the things that they wear. Those are the things that they'll wear if they go out to a chasna, they go out to eat, they go out to, uh, to a party. They'll wear those things that they take pride in, but they have a whole drawer at home that's full of jewelry that they will never wear again. Maybe they'll someday give it to their granddaughter or, uh, you know, they'll take it to a, I don't know, a... Um, a pawn shop and try to, you know, get some money for it, but they're not wearing that jewelry anymore. So Ramesha says that human nature would be that if, let's say, Ramesha Rabbeinu puts out an announcement, we're looking for jewelry for the Mishkan. We need gold, we need jewels, we need diamonds, we need uh, uh, rubies, whatever you can come, whatever you can supply, bring it now to the Mishkan. What do people, what would people do? Most women would say, okay, I'm not giving the stuff that I'm wearing, because that's, that's good, that's, that's what I wear. I'll take all the junk from my drawer, it's not junk, it's valuable, but not valuable for me, it's my second-hand stuff, it's the stuff that I'm not using anyway, so that's what I'll go and bring to the building of the Mishnah. It's going to work out perfectly, I'll be able to get a tax write-off for it, I'll donate it to, uh, you know, to the Mishkan, and everyone's happy. Moshe will be happy with it. It'll look like I'm giving, I'm very generous, I'm contributing good stuff, jewelry. I'm not giving my brand new stuff to the, uh, to the Mishkan. I'll give, uh, you know, old stuff, but it's jewelry. I'm, I'm yet say whatever the chruz was, whatever the announcement was to bring your jewelry, I'm being yet say with this, but I'm not going to give my good stuff. The good stuff that, that I, I want to keep. That would be the way you and I might react to the invitation of Meshach Rabbeinu to bring stuff to the Mishkan. But the women then were such tzidkaniyas that they didn't act that way. Vayavayu ha-noshim, al ha-noshim, you know what was on the women? All the things that were mentioned in the Pasuk, Chach, Vanezim, Tabas, V'chumaz, called Klizav, they brought the stuff that was current, the things that they actually took pride in wearing, the thing that they just bought, they just got for an anniversary present, they just, uh, they, they, the thing that they would show up to their friends at a chasna, look, I just got this watch, I just got this bracelet, I just got these earrings, I just got this uh, um, tiara, all of those things, those were the things that they took pride in they didn't keep that from Meshach Rabbeinu and give the second-hand stuff. They gave their spit stuff, the greatest things that they had, the most current, modern, usable, beautiful jewelry that they took pride in. That's what they brought to Meshach Rabbeinu to give to the Mishkan. This is what Meshach Feinstein says. On the women, whatever was current, whatever they wore, currently is what they contributed to the Mishkan. And this reminded me, this vart, of a, a vart that I saw a few weeks ago in Parshas Truma from the Sefer Lekach Das, our go-to Sefer um, from Isaac Albaum, uh, Isaac uh, um, Osban, that um, 
he says a beautiful vart, and I think I even mentioned it on Shabbos morning a few weeks ago, that the Torah says, V'zayis ha-truma asher tikhu me'itam. This is the truma, the beginning of Pasha's truma. This is the truma that you should take me'itam from them, but using a strange lashon again. Me'itam, it should have said mehem. This is the truma that you should take from them. That's how normal Tyra language would have been. But it says lashon me'itam. This is the truma that you should take from them. Me'itam is mashma from, from their mahus. Me'es means like... Itam is what's with them, what they take pride in, what they are miskoya over. Me'itam is like a high level of, of them. It's not like meham, don't take it from them, take it me'itam from what they take pride in. So the Lakachtas explains that I don't want their junk. I want them to give me'itam what they would take the ultimate pride in, what they would wear to their chasana. If they were getting married, what would they be wearing? What kind of tcheles and argaman would they be wearing? What kind of zav and kesef and achayshes? What would they be? What would they be taking pride on? Pride in? That's what I want. I don't want their junk. I don't need your junk. I want you to give Benediva slave with your generosity the greatest things that you have in your drawer, in your closet, in your safety vault. That's what I want. HaKadosh doesn't need anything, of course. But he wants that when we give, we are able to dig deep inside of us as hard as it is and contribute with generosity the things that are the most meaningful to us, to the Rabbi Nishlam, to the Mishkan, to the Beis Hashem. That's what I want. He brings the Lekachtas that there was a Magid in the city of Bialystok. Bialystok was one of the big cities in, in, in Europe before the war that a huge Jewish population and a big Makam Taira in Bialystok, they had a, a huge Nevardic Yeshiva. It was a, a very, it was an Irvain Bisrael in Bialystok. And there was a Magid, a, a preacher that would go from town to town. He was called the Bialystoker Magid. We know there are many, the Dubna Magid is the most famous, but there are always Magidim going around from city to city in Europe giving Musar Shmuzin, and that's how they would earn their Parnassa, they would Come, give a speech. If you were inspired, you give some money into his little uh, pushka that he had there. And that's how he would go from city to city and earn his livelihood. So the Bialystok and Magid once came to a town and said, I want to give a, a drasha. They said, of course, you're the Bialystok and Magid. You're world famous. We would love to have you deliver a drasha. He says, okay, but I want it to be relevant to your specific town. If I'm speaking about things that aren't Nagea to this specific town, then it's just the Brachal of Atala. I want to give something that's very, very current and very important that I should share this particular message that they should change. What does this city need that I should give them Musar about? So the Gabayim said, good question. We'll tell you one very, very acute problem that we have. We have a, uh, an organization in this town, and it's called Malbish Arumim. That's what they called it. It's basically a, a, um, a tzedakah fund, but instead of collecting money, they would go door to door to wealthy people's homes or 
or, or middle class people's homes and they would say, do you have any clothing that you'd like to contribute to the indigent Jews in this town? They Pasha don't have winter coats and they don't have shoes and they don't have, they don't have gloves. Whatever you could give us is really appreciated. And then they took that, they had a whole warehouse of stuff that they collect, and then Aniyam were able to come in and be able to take what they needed. And this is something that, you know, Kla Yisrael does even till today. In, in every major city or minor city, they also have some uh, organizations, gemachs or, or tzedakah, um, things like this, to be able to clothe the needy. So we go from door to door to the wealthy people's homes. This is what the Gabon told the Alistair Magid. And a lot of times, the, the rich people, when we ask for clothing, we know that we're getting used clothing from them, but they don't give us their best clothing. They give us the Ashvacha uh, clothing. They give us like, a, you know, they go down to their basement and they find... All the stuff that, you know, from many, many years ago, it's totally not in style anymore. And the sleeves are all shiny and the, and the edges are all frayed. And it's not something that, uh, not good quality clothing. And they're trying to pass that off that the Aniyam should wear it. But we don't feel it's nice. We feel that they should be giving more of the current clothing that they have in their real closet that they would wear and that they would take pride in. But they don't. They don't share. They give us our junk. And uh, they give us their junk, and, and, and we feel that that's something that you should uh, focus on. It was Parshas Nitzavim that he gave this drasha, the Bialystok Magid, in this particular town. And the Haftira that they read that Shabbos was the Navi saying, Sois Osis Bashem, I will rejoice in Hashem. Sogel Nafshi Belekai, and my soul will be gladdened in our God. Because he has cloaked us in clothing of salvation. He has wrapped us in a me'il, a cloak, a, a, a coat of tzedakah. As a chasan is cloaked in his glory. He wears glory. He wears beautiful clothing, a chasan, a kala. They wear their tuxedos. They wear their, their, their wedding dresses. They, they get all beautifully attired. So the Bialystok and Magid darshan this pasuk, and he says, you know, the, the Gabbayt's daka come to people's homes for the Malbush Arumim campaigns that they do, trying to get good clothing for the Aniyam to wear. And what do you say? You say, well, take this clothing. Would I get married in this clothing? No, but it's good enough for the Aniyam. They don't need the fans. They should just be happy with any clothing that they get. So the Navi says that Me'il Tzedakah Ya'ateni, you're supposed to wear a cloak of righteousness, of Tzedakah. You know what that means? You know the type of clothing you should give to tzedakah? What's the meal tzedakah? The type of clothing that you would wear to your chasna, that level suit, that level tie, that level shirt, those cufflinks, those shoes, those are the materials that you should give as your meal tzedakah. Don't try to get away with, with third class clothing. 
stuff that you'd find in a thrift shop. That's not what the Aniyam really need. Give them the best. Give them what you would wear to your own chasna. If you're making a chasna for your child, that level clothing, that's what the Rabbi Yishlam expects for you to give tzedakah. So he says, that's what it means. The li truma, Take the truma meitam from there, gaiva. Meitam means not just on mehem, but meitam means from what they take pride in. That's what I want. I want the best. I want what you consider to be your best clothing, your best jewelry. That's what I expect you to give to the Mishkan. And I think this ties in beautifully with, with Ramesh's vart. It was on the women. The women were actually wearing this. This is what they wear to Chasnas. And this is what they gladly gave to the Mishkan because they understood that tzedakah is not just getting rid of stuff instead of throwing it in the garbage. We give it to tzedakah. Tzedakah means really digging deep and giving the best. That's what the Rabbi Nishleilam fully expects from us, for himself, for his Mishkan, for Tzedakah, for all in Yanei Kedusha, HaKadosh Baruch wants us to give from the best that we have. This is really a Rambam. The Rambam, all the way at the end of Hilchas Yisurim, is Beach. A lot of times at the end of the Rambam Svarim, at the end when he finishes a series of Halachas, very often you find that the Rambam gives like a little bit of a Musr Shmuz. Uh, he takes advantage, it's a Sefer Halacha. Everybody knows the Yad HaChazaka is pure Halacha, but, and you're Medayik, every single word in the, in the Rambam, and it's, but there is also Musr. The Rambam does sometimes slip in Musr, and most of the time it's at the end of his Halacha. So if you ever want to see what the Rambam's Hashkafa is, in Yad HaChazaka, look at the end of the Halachas that you're learning. So at the end of Hilchas Yisurim is Beach, speaking about Karbanes, he says as follows: Haraitza Lizkais Atzmai. If a person wants to do a favor for himself, Yaakov Yitzray Hara, try to really rein in your Yitzhara. The Yachiv Yaday, and with great generosity, the Yavi Karbanei Min Hayafe Hameshubach Biyaser. When you're giving a carbon, give a carbon from the best. Give your best animal. Now, if you think about it, what would you do? You have an opportunity. You have a chiv, let's say, to bring a carbon ayla for, for argument's sake. I have to bring a carbon ayla. I did, I did something that warrants bringing a carbon ayla. All right, what's going to happen to this animal? You take the animal, basically throw it on top of the mizbeach, and it gets cool like color. It's all burnt up. It's going to be consumed. There is not going to be anything left of this animal, pretty much. So, what would you? What type of animal would you bring? You have, let's say, let's be, let's bring it down to our personalities. We are. We have a, a barn, and we have a, many, many stables in our barn, and we have animals that are worth. $10,000, like real chashuva fat animals. And then we have like scrawny animals, you know, on their last leg. You see the bones sticking out of the animals. You know, they're, 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 there's not, you know, they're not buying green bananas anymore. They're, they're already, their days are numbered. They're basically mamish on their last legs. They're geisusim. 
there, think about it. It's all going to be burned up. So I have a $10,000 animal or I have a $250 animal. Which one would you throw on the Mizbeach? It's going to get burned up anyway. Does it, I, the, the Mizbeach needs $10,000 animals to burn up. It's like Baltashkas. I'll be matzik myself. It's like such Baltashkas. I'll give the cheap animal, throw it on the Mizbeach. Do it, I, was I Makayim the din of carbon? Yes. I got my Ayla. I checked the box. I did it. Whatever other Rabbi Hashem wanted me to do, I did. Says the Rambam that when you, if you really want to do a favor for yourself, get that mentality out of your head. Reign in your Yitzhahara. We know we all like money. We all like to have the best for ourselves. But what you should do is go, as difficult as it may be, to the stall in your barn that has your Spitz cow, your blue ribbon cow, and bring that to the Mizbeach, and that's what you should dedicate on the Mizbeach. Don't think that, well, anyway, it's going to be burned up, and the Rebbein Shalom doesn't want me to waste money, he likes me to have my own money. No, no, no. The Rebbein Shalom wants you to give the spitz to him. This is what he wants. Harinemer Batayra, and then he brings a riot from the Tyra of the Rambam. Where is the riot from this in the Torah that Akash prefers you to give like the the greatest level cow, the first class animals, all the way in the beginning of the Torah? You don't have to go past Sefer Parshas Bereshis. The Hevel, Cain and Hevel, two brothers. The Hevel, Hevi Gamu, Mi Sinai Umechal Hevel brought from the greatest of his animals and from the chela, from the fat, the geshmaka animal, that's what he brought to the Rabbi Shalom. Vayisha Hashem el Hevel And a choice between turning to Hevel's carbon versus Kayan's carbon. Kayan brought a shvacher carbon, shvacher offering to the Rabbi Shalom. HaKadosh turned lovingly with favor to Hevel's carbon. So you see right away at the beginning of the Torah, the Torah is telling you what the Rebbein Shalom likes. The Rebbein Shalom likes when we give our best to him. He doesn't want our second class stuff. He doesn't want the Shvach animals. The Lushan and the Gemara throughout Shas always quotes whenever, whenever you try to like, whenever the Gemara has a, you know, discusses these types of minyanim about maybe giving a, you know, a carbon that has a mum or a Shvach carbon or a, car, or, or a, a type of, a, you know, a, Doing something shaloi behider behider mitzvah. What does the pasuk say? Hakriveu no lefachasecha. Try passing off that gift to your governor, to your president. You know, try offer bringing. Uh, you know, I don't know. Let's say you want to give a menorah to uh, you know to the president as a gift. You're going to give your. You're going to go and give one of the a menorah that's uh, you know two dousand fifty cents and Eichler's the you know the the ones which just has. Uh, you know, the, the, the most basic menorah. No, you're going to go and you're going to go to a fancy silver store. You're going to get a, a chash of a menorah. So why are you giving the Rebbein Shalom the 250 cent menorah? You think that's what he wants? Give, try passing it off to Trump. See if Trump would be happy with it too. But we, we, this is our mentality. It's a mitzvah. I got the oil. I got the, you know, we have all the lumdas. But at the end of the day, we're not so simply able to part with our money when it comes to mitzvahs. When it comes to ourselves, we are. If I go to a restaurant, I'm going to get myself, you know, if I have the money, I'm in the mood, I'm going to get myself the, a spitz steak. When it comes to tzedakah and honey comes to me, I, I can get away with giving a dollar. Why well, I'd have to give him $10. So for yourself, you know what to do. But when it comes to an honey, that's when we're able to like, you know, say, well, you know, 
We have all the lumbas when it comes to tzedakah, when it comes to mitzvahs, how we don't have to. When it comes to ourselves, we do. So the Rambam says, be as generous, if not more generous, when it comes to giving to the Rabbani Shalom, as when it is with you. And the Rambam continues, and he says, in Bona based tefillah, if you build a shul, make sure that the shul is nicer than your own house. How many times do you go to communities and everybody's living in these big mansions? And then you say, okay, where are you guys davening? Oh, we don't, we daven in Shtibel. And you go to the Shtibel, it's like, it's a hole in the wall dump. And they, they like it, it's Heimish. Right? That's the Heimish, they have a good cholent to whatever, it's a Heimish or Shtibel. But how do you do that? You're living in a palace and you, this is where you daven? You can't build a nicer shul than this. Everybody's house is huge. So if you had the, the money to hire a contractor to build your own house, how dare you build, live in this, daven in the shul? Get together money and build a shul. But we don't do that. Some places do do that. It's actually a halacha. These are halachas in Shulchan Aruch. That we, the, the shul in the city is supposed to be the nicest building in town, the highest city, the highest, tallest building in town, because the Rabbi Shalom is supposed to really get first-class treatment, not third-class treatment. He says, Hechel Rav, you want to feed somebody, you want to feed a poor person, Yachel min hatayv don't give your, the Ani a scrap. The Ani is not a dog that you, know, you throw your scraps to. An Ani comes to your house, and he asks for food. Don't say, or let's see what we can find, you know, in the freezer from 1973. Give him the best. Give him whatever you would want to eat. That's what you should give him. An ani is not a, a subhuman. An ani is a human just like you that happened to have fallen on hard times. And he deserves at least as much covet as you do, if not more. He's being mizaki with a mitzvah. So you have to give him the best, says the Rambam. Tell you a quick Mesa, when I was having uh, my afruf, um, so my parents made uh, made me a beautiful uh, beautiful Shabbos afruf with a with a suda. We had a lot of uh, guests coming, and uh, all my friends were there, both of them, and um, and uh, so. I was sitting on a table with my friends, a chash of a table, and you know, and my parents had their table, and then there were friends, you know, friends of my family, friends that. And um, it was Shabbos day. I remember like it was yesterday. Um, and into the shul social hall, which is where the 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 offer was taking place, the suit was taking place. There was an ani. An ani walks in. I never saw him. Before that day, Long Beach is not a big city. You pretty much know everybody. And uh, I never saw him before that, and I never saw him since. I remember he was a redhead, and, uh, you know, middle-aged, came in to the room. He looked like he was famished. And um, my mother is at Sadekas. She, uh, she walks over to him, and I see them engage in conversation. And... Uh, all of a sudden, she's like bringing him closer to me, and uh, she tells me basically, you know, he's he he wants to, you know, he's hungry, and uh, he wants to, you know, have a meal, 
So I think what most people would do is either they would say, I'm sorry, this is a private affair, you know, please go somewhere else. Or they would, if they're really generous, they would find, like, tell the caterer to, like, you know, make him a setting outside of the, of the room and let him eat there and, and you know, not there the simcha. My mother, who's a tzaddikah, she basically took him, made a setting right next to me, and he sat right next to me the whole meal, and he felt like a million bucks. He had a smile on his face, he was eating, he was singing, he was enjoying, he was part of the simcha. But he sat, mamish in the kisei akavit, he sat right next to the chasen. Hechel rav, says the Rambam. If you're being meichel rav, you're gonna, you want to feed somebody that's hungry? Yachel minatayva maslik shebeshulchana, give him the best. Don't treat him like a second-class citizen. Make sure that he's well taken care of and that he feels good about himself. That's your obligation. That's your responsibility. You're a yid. Yechasa Aram, you have to clothe people. Yechasa menayafasheb eksusai. Feed him, clothe them from the best of your clothing. Like the Bialystok and Maggit said, give him what you would wear to your chasna. Don't give him junk. Give him the best. Hiktish Tavar, you want to be Matish something, Yaktish Mnayafish Mnachasav. Don't be Matish, you know, your car from 1984, you know, your jalopy, and that's what you're giving to Tzedakah. Give the best. He says, be Matish something, the best of your Nechasim. The Chaynu Aimer and the Ramam ends off. This is what the Pasuk says in Sefer Vayikra. Kal Chaylev LaHashem. All of the Chaylev goes to Hashem. The best part of the animal. The Spitz. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets. HaKadosh Baruch Hu deserves no less than our finest. Don't try to pass off things and you're a big knocker because you give, uh, you know, you, you donated your old car to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, Cars for Kids. Shkaya. Try Now try giving your, your brand new Lexus to Cars for Kids. See if that happens. You know, everyone's a knai. I give my, my old clothes to, you know, to this gemach and I give my old, uh, you know, jewelry to this onion. What about the new stuff? That you don't give, that you keep for yourself. So the Rambam is trying to change our hashkafa with this. This is human. I mean, it's not saying I'm different than, than you or you're different than him. Everyone's, we're all the same. Human beings are very, very similar. We're all wired very similar. We like keeping the good stuff for ourselves and, and getting rid of the bad stuff, you know, for, uh, you know, and giving that away for its stuff and being a big knocker with the stuff that we don't really need anyway. But we have to try to be Yaakov es Yitzre, says the Rambam. You have to rein the Yitzhara in. Don't have that attitude. Try to stop yourself from that attitude. The other day, and this is not at all, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just giving you a, a recent example of something. There was a guy, I was davening in Kesar Taira, and there was a Yid that made an announcement how he had terrible tsaras. I mean, it's always terrible. And it's all, I believe it's always true. I don't think people get up and make, you know, and lie about, you know, their personal plight. I don't, I don't think people would do that. This guy was saying he has, a, you know, he used to be wealthy. That's always what, what hits me the worst. When the person says they used to be wealthy and they lost everything. To me, that's like the, that, that's my soft spot. Like, I, I get very, you know, moved by that. 
Anyway, he says he used to be very wealthy or he had a very successful business. He lost everything and he has a... I don't know, when he lost everything, his wife had a nervous breakdown and she was hospitalized. And then his son had, a, had, a, had this problem and that problem. And he's making a chasna. He has no way. He says he has no one to borrow money from. He says no one will lend him money. He needs to make a chasna. For next week, his son is getting married. So, you know, like, you know, it takes a few minutes to register like what this guy is actually going through. Because most of us are tuning it out, you know, and, and if we're really good, we give a dollar. And that's what I did. I, like, I, I took out of my wallet $2, and I gave it to him, and, and that was And then I walked out. It was a freezing cold night. And then maybe I knew that I was going to give this uh, schmooze this, this week, so I, I had a, maybe an extra guilty conscience. It was freezing cold. I just wanted to go into my car, but I stopped myself for a second. And I said, is $2 going to do anything for this guy? What's two dollars? Okay, but if he gets two dollars from twenty thousand people, you know, then he's in business. Okay, but he's not getting two dollars from twenty thousand people. So what's? So I went back in. I was Yaakov as Yitzray. Again, this is not a, it's not it's not art school material. You know, I'm not looking. But I went back in and I gave him a more substantial amount of money because that's what you have to do when when you're think you have to think a little bit. A dollar, two dollars is just, it's for, that wasn't for the onion, that was for you, so that you shouldn't feel too guilty going on with your day. But it does nothing for the onion. Really, what's two dollars? What does two dollars do for us? You can buy a, a Reisman cookie upstairs. What is two dollars? It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Think about it. I mean, obviously it's better than nothing, but it's really, very, it's a pittance. If this guy has chayvis and he has to make a chasna, and he has, you know, his wife is in the hospital, she had a stroke, and he had, he has kids that, you know, with doctor bills and whatever, he's getting evicted from, like, what is $2 going to do for him? Think about it. So if you don't, if the schmooze is not for you, if, if I'm, you know, if you, you don't have more than $2 yourself, then obviously we're not discussing that. But when we go to a pizza store, suddenly we find a lot more than $2 in our wallet. If you go to Carlos and Gabby's, or you go to you know you go to a steakhouse, you go to a shawarma, whatever. All of a sudden, you know, twenty-five dollars is easy. So if it's easy for us to spend that on ourselves, shouldn't we scratch our head a little bit and say, you know, maybe I could give more than two dollars to this guy Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe I should forego, you know, that shawarma tonight and 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 just you know have a bag of potato chips instead and give it to him. I'm not saying that you have to do this. I'm not saying that you... But that's something that the Rambam is trying to tell us. Try to give that ani more than we have. Don't try to pass off on the ani something that is subpar, sub, that, that, that's not enough for him. Give him the best. Give him the best. Give him me'itam. Give him what, you're, what you take gaiva from. My great-great-grandfather was the Gadladar in Germany. His name was Rabbi Yitzchak Daiv HaLevi Bamberger. He wrote many svarim, and he was known as the Würzburger Rav. He was the Rav in the city of Würzburg. And the story goes about him that he was, he had a yeshiva in Würzburg, and he gave shir to his Talmidim. Interesting, a lot of his Talmidim came from the university. It was a very famous university in Würzburg. It's not a very big city. I've been there a few times in Germany, and um, there is a very hush of a university there in Würzburg. And, um, and he got the, the, the boys, the Jewish boys that were learning in university, used to come to his base matters and he would give shir to them. So that may have been the first uh, Lander College for men 
in, in Jewish history. But that was uh, that that was, so he was giving shear in his base medish to these uh, to these to his talmidim. And he had many chashavet talmidim that he mamish developed and he made into into chachamim. And in the middle of shear, an ani comes over, comes into the base medish, and after shear is over, he approaches uh, my great great grandfather and he says to him that I need a pair of shoes. He looks down in his shoes and they're all tattered and torn. So the words of ran to his house, which wasn't so far away from the Bismedrish, and he brings back a brand new pair of Shabbos shoes. Now, for us, in this day and age, it's not a big deal. You know, you go to Century 21 and for 50 bucks, 70 bucks, and get yourself a, a, a pair of shoes. It's not, you know, everything is today off the rack and, and mass, mass produced. But in those days, they didn't have that. They didn't have department stores. You could just go and pick out shoes. You have to go to a shoemaker, and the shoemaker would measure your foot. He would make from scratch a shoe with a sole, with a heel, with, a, with leather, with, and you have to pick out the style. It was a very big deal. People got it maybe once every 10 years, a new pair of shoes. And it was very expensive, and it was, like a, it was a huge deal. So he had just bought himself a new pair of Shabbos shoes, and the natural thing that I think most of us would do is I would keep the Shabbos shoes for myself, and I'd give the Ani my old pair of shoes that I wear during the week. But he didn't do that. He gave his brand new pair of shoes that he didn't even wear yet to the Ani. And the Ani was overjoyed and he put them on right away and they fit and he left the base medrash and the Talmudim of course asked him, couldn't you give him your weekday shoes? That was your brand new Shabbos shoes. So he said that the Ani already has old shoes. He doesn't need old shoes. He came to me for new shoes. He says, so it's my mitzvah, to give my best. I, I, to give another, another pair of shvachet shoes that are going to last him you know, a couple of weeks or months and then fall apart. That's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to give the best. You want to be mechasa arum, says the Ramah, you give the best. This is what the Rabbi Nishalam wants from us. He doesn't want us to give just mayhem. He wants me'itam. He wants from what we would be misfire over. The things that we're proud of, try to give that away. That's a kunz. That's, that's a yid. To, for a person to be able to squeeze hard his heart and to be able to really give against his yitzer. The Ram already knew our, the way we're wired. He says, Yaakov is yitzer. It's not easy. It's not easy to, if we could give a dollar, to actually find $10 in our wallet to give. Or if we would normally give $10 to give $100, that's very hard. It's not human. But we're expected to do more than what we are naturally inclined to do, to give the best. The Rabbi Shalom gives the best to us, and we're expected to give the best back to Him. When you talk about jewelry, there's a beautiful story that I saw once that there was a, a Kylo younger man in, in Lakewood and he was learning about 10 years already in Kylo Bedachkos. He wasn't living, you know, many people are fortunate enough to have 
to live in a kind of lifestyle, but it's not a kind of lifestyle because they have parents, in-laws that are giving them, you know, whatever they need, and that's that's fine, that's great. This couple was living bedakos. They were actually living with Mesiris Nefesh for Tyra. They had very little money. Whatever, you know, whatever came in went out right away. They had no savings. They had no... But they were making it. But as their children grew older and now they had tuition bills to pay and they had a mortgage to pay, whatever, it was becoming ever increasingly hard for them to make ends meet. And one day, the husband said to his wife, this is it. I, I, we can't do this anymore. We can't every month like just mamish scrape our way through. I think it's time for me to go out and get a job. I was speaking to somebody, you know, by Benastarim today, and they have a job for me, and I, I'm able to go, you know, start next week, and you know, go into Manhattan every day, and 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 make money like a like a regular person, and we'll be able to be methanis ourselves, you know, with a little bit of rapkus without having to scrape together every last penny. And the wife was mortified. The wife was so miser nefesh for Tyra that she didn't want to hear of this. She said, no. She says, we're not ready to do that yet. She said, when the time comes, I appreciate that you are willing to do this, but I think we could get a little bit more learning. He says, how? He says, we have no money. We're, we're, you know, there's nothing left. You know, we have the kids have to get clothing for Yantif, we have to go shopping tonight for Shabbos. I don't have the money in the bank. What are we going to do? She says, we have to figure out a way. So she says, I came up with an idea. She says, take my wedding ring, my diamond ring that you gave me for the chasna, take that, go to 47th Street in Manhattan, which is the diamond district, and see what you could get for it. Maybe you'll be able to sell it and we'll be able to live, you'll be able to learn for another month or two. Amazing. He says, no, this is your diamond ring. How can we do this? You, you know, you love this, you cherish it. Your misparits, may me'itam, al-anashim. So you wear this every day. You wear it. This is what you. This is your whole life. It's the only piece of jewelry you have. You're going to give it up for me so that I should be able to learn another month in Kylo. She says yes. So he says, all right. He went the next day to 47th Street. He went into a store, and the store was owned by a Satmar Chassid. The Satmar Chassid was approached by this Kyle guy and he says, yes, what can I do for you? He pulls out of his pocket his wife's engagement ring and he says, you know, how much can you give me for this ring? So he goes to the back of the store, he takes his loop to look at the diamond and he says, I could give you a thousand dollars for it. He says, but my brother has a store up the block and maybe he'll be able to do a little bit better for you. Take it to him. This I, I could give you a thousand dollars if you want, but take it to him, and he might be able to do better. So the Kailo guy was appreciative. He walks out of the store. Immediately, the Satmar Chassid calls his brother and says to him that there's a guy from Lakewood. He's about to come into your store. He said he wants to sell his wife's engagement ring. I don't know why. Try to find out the story, figure out what's going on. So, again, the guy comes into his brother's story, shows him the ring. He says, whose ring is this? 
He says, my wife's ring. He says, why is she selling her engagement ring? So he says, he tells her the whole story, you know, that we're, I've been in Kailo for 10 years, and it's, I told her the other day, it's a Giazman, we can't do this anymore. And uh, she said that she wants to give her engagement ring so that I could get another month or two in Kailo. So the, the, the Satmar Chas was like blown away. And he said, he gave a, he, he went to the back of the store, he wrote out a check, folded it up, and he gave it to, to this Kailo guy. He said, he said, if your wife is so much of your Tyra, he says, I want to be a Shotif also in your Tyra. He says, this is what I'll give you for the ring. And he opens up the check, $10,000. So the guy says, I think you made a mistake. He says, he says no, I didn't make a mistake. I want to be a Shotif in your Tyra also. And he is so happy, this guy. He walks out of the store. As he's about to walk out, of course, the Chassid calls him back and he says, you forgot this. And he gave him back his wife's ring. That's what it means, Asher Tikhu Me'itam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to give whatever we have that's the best. That's what we have to give the Rabbi Nishalem. Don't pass off on the Rabbi Nishalem our, 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 our junk. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what, what's good by us and what's not good by us. You can't fool the Rabbi Nishalem. You might be able to fool the Gabbai and you could fool the, you know, the yeshivas and the administrator, but you can't fool the Rabbi Nishalem. The Rabbi Nishalem knows all of our cheshbainas. And he wants He wants to see that you care about him so much that you're willing to give your best to him. And what I want to share with you today is that a lot of the things that we're talking about today might not be nageya to you right now because you're bachem and yeshiva you don't have necessarily money to, to, to give to Aniyim and to give to kalas who want to you know want to want their husbands to learn in Kailo for a long time or you don't have, we're not living in times of karbanas so what is it that's nageya to us as bachem that we can give our best to the Rabbi Nishlam. What, what What do we have? Do we have money? Do we have cars? Do we have clothing? Very often we don't. The thing that you do have is that you have your best years. The best years of your life are the years that you're currently in. You're no longer in high school. You're not that young, you know, that you can't do anything, you still are, are meshubah to people, but you're old enough that you, you, your independence is yours, and you have opportunity, you have youth, you have vigor, you have your strength. Rabbi Yaina writes that tshuva is always a good thing. Tshuva is good throughout the whole life. A person's mamish on his deathbed at 110 years old and he's got nothing, he's got barely a pulse and he does tshuva then, it's niskabel. The tshuva, it's good. It's good tshuva. He says, but you can't compare, says Rabbeinu the tshuva that you do when you're young. It says, the Pasuk says, Ashrei ish, yare Hashem. What does it mean, Ashrei ish? Ba'ayda ish. Chazal say, while you're still a man, while you still have all of your youthful vigor, you have everything going for you in life. You're young, you're athletic, you're handsome, you have strength, you have 
you have money in your pocket, you have, you, the whole world is your oyster. You can do anything that you want. The Rebbein says that's the main time to do tshuva. That's the main time to worship the Rabbi Nisham because there you're giving him kolchelev. You're giving him your best. You you have an opportunity to be an avarian, to do anything in the world that everybody else your age is doing, but you're not. You're coming to davening and you're learning and you have shmir and seinayim and you have uh, you're a shamayim and you are you're you're giving your best years to the Rabbi Nisham. These are the best years. You're giving your time, you're giving your energy, you're giving your focus to Tyra Kedisha. Your commitments are Tyradik. The type of girl that you want to marry is, is a from wonderful girl that's wholesome, that's looking for things like you're looking for. That's Kolchel of Hashem. You're giving the Rabbi Nishayim your best. You have so many choices, but yet you choose to dig deep inside of you and find the best that you have, and give that to the Rabbi Nishlam. That is kolchei Hashem that you have. That's something that you don't have anymore at a certain age. Certain age, Yishkayach, your, your parents are from, your grandparents are from, what, is, what else are they going to do? But at your age, when you have so many opportunities, and yet you give it to the Rabbi Nishlam, there is no greater matana, there is no greater truma me'itam. You're giving the best from you. The best thing that you have is your time, is this age. Parsha's Truma, maybe uh, 12, 13 years ago. Very easy to figure out, but I didn't do it before the Shmuz. I had a Talmud. He's from Pittsburgh. And if you live in Pittsburgh, you live, eat, breathe, sleep the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what you have. That's your whole life. There's not much going on in Pittsburgh. The Steelers are there. You know, that's your team, and, and that's your whole, your mispar over the Steelers. That's what it is. And this guy was talking, he's a Steeler, he's always wearing the Steeler, you know, the sweatshirt with the Steelers logo on, and the baseball cap with the, with the Steelers logo, and, you know, playing football, and he's this guy, he's that, he's Mamed Meshuggle of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers made it to the Super Bowl that year. So you can easily check out what year it was. It was maybe 14 years ago. I don't know. Come Super Bowl night. I don't think we had a Super Mishmar yet. I happened to be in the base Madrash. During the Super Bowl that the Steelers were in, it was Parshas Truma. And this Bachar was sitting in the base Madrash and learning Gemara during the time that the Steelers were playing in the Super Bowl. I almost chalish. I, he would be the last guy that I would expect to see in the base matters during that time. The last guy in the world that I'd expect to see. But here he was sitting, sitting over his Gemara. And I went over to him to be Mavatol. No, to, I, I went over to him and I asked him, I think you're aware that the Steelers made it to the Super Bowl. He says, yeah, of course. I said, do you know that the Super Bowl is tonight? He says, yeah. I said, do you know that it's now? He says, yeah. I said, so why are you not watching it? He says, I'll tell you why. 
is because this week we lay in Parshas Truma. And the Torah says, the says, Says the Torah is telling us that we have to give to the Rabbinic Shalom for the Binyan HaMishkan, Zav, and Kesef, and Nechayshef. He says, I am not a rich person. I have no gold. I have no silver. I have no copper. I have no diamonds. I have no rubies. I can't give those things to the Rabbinic Shalom. There is one thing that I have that I could give to the Rabbinic Shalom. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm giving you the most precious thing that I have and I'm going to learn Tyra during this time that the most important day of my life that I would not want to do nothing else right now but to watch that game I'm giving that up to you Rabbi Nishlam. I'm giving you this is the truma that I have decided to give to Rabbi Nishlam. do you understand the reach nichayach that the carbon that this bacher gave to the Rabbi Shalom emitted do you understand that the aroma of that carbon was the greatest aroma perhaps since the Binyan Beis HaMikdash? And I'm not speaking in hyperbole. I really believe that. When a person can dig deep and find what's most meaningful in their personal lives and give that up to the Rabbi Shalom, that is the greatest truma that you could give to the Rabbi Shalom. There is no more valuable by Avayu HaNashim Al HaNashim that what you're wearing, what's you, what defines you, what you're misspar over, what you get gaiva from. Find that out. Think about it. What do I talk to get gaiva from? For one person, it's the Steelers. For one person, it's a, it's a, you know, a video game. For one person, it's a, it's a, you know, a TV show. For one person, it's uh, it's playing tennis. For one person, it's playing golf. For one person, it's uh, it's uh, you know, ice skating. Whatever it is, skiing. Whatever you love doing. If I'd ask you, what do you really love doing? Figure out a way to find that opportunity and then give that up to the Rabbi Nishlam a little bit. Not totally. You could go skiing other Sundays, but if this was a Sunday that you were looking forward to skiing. Maybe just try to figure out a way to give that up a little bit or maybe on the ski slope take a little break and learn a little bit and show the Rabbi that what you want to do I'm giving up for you. You give me everything Rabbi Can I give you back a little? The Chavetz Chaim B'Saif Yamav used to say Rabbi you've given me so much You've given me the opportunity to write a Mishnah Brewer for you, to write a Shmir Salashin for you, to write a Sefer Chavetz Chaim for you. He says, I'm old now. He says, now tell me what I could do for you. The Chavetz Chaim didn't look at it the opposite. If I was the Chavetz Chaim, I said, look what I did for you, God. I wrote you a Mishnah Brewer, so Klai Yisrael should know that Lachas of Arachayim. I wrote you Shmir Salashin. I revolutionized the way Klai Yisrael talks and doesn't talk. You owe me big. The Chavetz Chaim didn't say that. The Chavetz Chaim said, you gave me this chus to do that. Now let me know what I could do for you finally. Never think that you're in the, that the Rabbi Nishlam is in the red with you. The Rabbi Nishlam owes you. You always have to try to think as if you're in the red with the Rabbi Nishlam. I owe the Rabbi Nishlam so much. What can I give back to him? What's the truma that I could give him? Figure it out. Think about it. We all have to think about it.
How am I able to share the greatest things that I have in my life with the Rabbi Nishon? I'm telling you, the fact that you're giving these years the Rabbi Nishon, that's your greatest truma, by far. I don't want to put in your mind that you have options, but everybody has options. But you were able to make a decision. I know many of you were not naturally going to come to Lander College for Men. Many of you were going to go to University of Maryland and... Uh, and, uh, and, and party schools and whatever. That's where the high school guidance, college guidance counselors were directing us. Somehow, someway, you ended up here. Do you know what a matana that is? you know the truma that that is? You had the opportunity to do everything and anything and you decided to come here and, and learn Taira and Davin, have your Shemayim, have a Chavrusa, have a Seder, have, have Shiurim. Shabbos, Yantiv, Purim, unbelievable. That's, that's the greatest. But you have to hop that you're doing this. Understand that you're giving up those years and say to the Rabbi Nisham, this is my truma to you. I'm gift wrapping it. This is what I want to give you. I want to give you these years. And then it's L'Reach Nichayach. That's the site of the Mikdash, the Mishkan. There's so many things we learn from the Mishkan, but I think the most basic thing is that the Rabbi Nishlam wants Kalchel Hashem. He wants the Truma Al Hanashim. He wants Me'itam. He wants what's best from us. He expects us to contribute that to the greater good of Kal Yisrael. And there are many people that do that. They give up so much. After they're married, they work a whole day and they come back at night. They're exhausted. And what do they do? They eat supper quickly, they go to a shear. They go to a, a base manager with a chabra. You know how hard that is? You know how hard it is after a whole day of work, you take the train to me, you come home, and now I'm going to start learning? That's, that's, that's a great truma that you're giving to the Rabbi Nishlam. People are part of shuls, part of yeshivas. They build makam tairas with their money, with their time. You know how hard that is? Take money that I could be putting into my own recreation, my own house, my own, my own nest egg, my own investment portfolio, and instead I'm going to take that money and I'm going to put it into building a local yeshiva, building a local shul, building a local mikvah, beisyakah, a cheder, a kailal. You know how laudable that is? To give kolchuma l'ashem, to give what I really want myself and to give that over to the rabbi Shlalem. You know the mysterious nefesh that that takes? It's not a Pashtun thing at all. But Kalal Yisrael has never, ever rested on their laurels, taken the easy way out. They've always given culture Malashem. They've always gone above and beyond expectation. They find it deep inside of them, this ability to take what's best from them and to contribute that to the Rebbeinah. This is what I'm giving up. And when you have kavanah of what you're doing, to realize I'm... I never thought about it that way. I'm giving up the best years of my life to the Rabbi Nishalem. And this is my truma, Tim. This is my Pittsburgh Steelers that I'm giving up. And that's your Zav, Kesef, Nechayshes, Tcheles, Argam. And that's all it is. You're giving your best to the Rabbi Nishalem. And when you understand what you're doing and you put it in that context, your whole life will be different. I'm going to get up for davening because this is, I'm giving up Kochei Hashem. I don't want to I don't want to suddenly cheapen my kolchelev. I want to I amplify it. I want to enhance it. I want to make my kolchelev even, even a, a greater madrega. That's the legacy of the Mishkan. 
The legacy of the Mishkan is we contribute and we contribute with our whole heart, with the best of what we have. We don't cheap out. We don't cut corners. We try to go above and beyond human expectation and take what's the most chaviv to us and figure out ways to contribute that to the Bedek